HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Roth Cheese, a pioneer in the U.S. specialty cheese movement. For more information, visit RothCheese.com. This week on Meet and 3, we're exploring the intersection between food, agriculture, and competition. Learn how a chicken raising contest in the 1940s led to the poultry industry we have today. And they were going to run a contest and try and develop what they would call the chicken tomorrow. We'll also venture into the world of agricultural video games, where a new set of tractors is making a lot of fans happy. The biggest addition to 19 was the John Deere's. That's what everyone was hyped for. And we pay a visit to a group of Indian restaurants that aren't on the friendliest of terms. Usually they wait for my restaurant, but after a long wait, they go to next door or downstairs. But this is how they do business. They completely copy whatever we do. Embrace your competitive spirit and be the first to listen to new Meet and 3 episodes by subscribing now. That's Meet Plus Sign T-H-R-E-E. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome to the show, Life's a Banquet, the show that's edible, spreadable, and Zara, horrible, starring your hosts, me, Brett and Scott, and me, Zara Tangora, a show about chocolate, and wine, and bread, champagne, and scandal, and crackers in bed. I'm drunk! <laughs> Always. Life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet. Want another? Consider it done. And welcome everybody to another episode of Life's a Banquet, the show about the highs and lows of all things edible, spreadable, and Zira. Pourable! That's right, Zira's, uh, she was actually She-Ra's younger sister, who was He-Man's older cousin, who actually ruled the two universes as opposed to just the one universe. Somebody's been watching a lot of Game of Thrones, apparently. So he says. <laughs> actually, it's the He-Man documentary. Uh, welcome, everybody, to yet another fabulous episode. Uh, and if you're just tuning in, uh, which I know our 9.2 million subscribers have told us they've been following us from the beginning, thank you very much. But for those of you that are new, uh, we discuss all things related to food and beverage and other things. Right, Sarah? Yes, the highs and lows, the ins and outs, the dirty dozens, the baker's dozens, the Dirty bakers. That's right. Speaking of dozens, Zara, what have you eaten and drank and drunken and cooketh, cooketh 
this week. I had weekend. a dozen eggs. Actually, it's funny you say that for breakfast this morning. I'm really trying to uh, beef up on my uh, iron pumping that I've been doing. Is right. it working? Look at this. Feel this muscle. Oh, yeah. You're feel totally. It. Oh, yeah. You feel like you went keto. Yeah. I, I look wow. like I've. Your body's operating at burning only fat right now. Really? I've gone anno because I started a new job and I have only eaten honey wheat pretzel twists. This oh, week. classic. I did cook yesterday, though. I made some roasted fish for my parents that came over because I was feeling sad. So, like, the true 21 year olds in college student that I and my parents came to the rescue to cheer me up and I made them some fish what have you been cooking you ding dong let's see oh you know suddenly 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 there was spaghetti and meatballs all over the internet did you notice this no but I mean I okay you're a spaghetti meatball I'm a spaghetti meatball maven kind of a maven yeah exactly well I in this week's episode of what Breton pulled out of the freezer uh, I'm finally down to there's only one more thing in my freezer after the spaghetti meatballs and this I have a giant queen amon that's mm. the only thing that's left that I purchased a year and a half ago from the patisserie in Montreal called Queen Amon. So I have a Queen Amon from Queen Amon in my freezer. It's humongous, which is why I can't just pull it out for just me and my boyfriend Preston. That's, that's so, what he said. Exactly. So we pulled out the meatballs. Uh, you know what I'm saying? That, that's uh, also what delicious. He said. And I happen to mislabel, and by mislabel meaning I didn't label my quart containers. Mm -hmm. So those of you that are listening, please remember, please label your stuff. But I pulled it out, and I mixed in a rabiata. With a marinara. Holy. Oh, yeah. spicy oh, oh. meatball, literally. Suddenly it was like too spicy, and I'm, but it turned out <laughs> to be very delicious. So that was, that was my big, that was my big moment. And then I tried to fast yesterday. Oh. Fast. How'd that go? For, well, I wanted, I wanted to do a, an eight-day water fast, so I thought, well, let's, everybody says, oh, the first day in true is horrible. Ye yesterday was very challenging, mm -hmm. and I did end up eating something by 8.30 p.m., and I went through a lot of like deep breathing work throughout the day and I had to work I'm doing a food style shoot this week. So I had to go shopping and go to tons of food stores, DePaulo's and like buy lots of food items while I'm like inside. Like, <gasps> and I was like, I'm fasting. I was like, you'll have food tomorrow. Don't worry about it. And it was, I have to say it was a really big challenge, but, but I feel great. Good. You look as always. Fantastic. I broke it. I broke up with the ball of mozzarella. Oh, yeah, we did. We did. Hey, hey, you know what? We're being awfully rude because we have an amazing. Oh my guest. god, I completely forgot. I for we forgot you were here. <laughs> Thank you very much, that everybody. To me a lot. We have an amazing guest. Welcome, everybody. Industry professional, lifelong guzzler of booze, gin, gin expert, yeah. Robbie Nelson. Hello. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Hey. Wow. <laughs> it's, a, it's an honor to be here. Thank uh, you. Actually, my I guess my second time, technically. Technically, the mm -hmm. first time, yes, we're at my apartment just shooting the breeze. Talking about alcohol. Yes. Uh, we were talking <laughs> about the most glorious of alcohols, uh, martinis. Yes, uh, yes. Yes. Have you drank any martinis this week? Uh, I haven't had any today. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is pretty good for me, yeah. Robbie. Uh, what? Give me three words about yourself. Who are you? What, what are you? What are you about? Well, I I like long walks on the beach. Okay, and, uh, love it. I, no, uh, so well, I, I'm from New Mexico originally. Wow. I just celebrated my seven year anniversary in New York City. Congratulations! Yesterday. Oh, welcome. How's that seven year itch coming along? I can kind of see it creeping up the. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, up over your oh, belly button. Oh, yeah, sorry. There. <laughs> Tuck that shirt down. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's disgusting. Uh, God, our guests are oh. just the worst. Here, here take okay. these baby uh, wipes. From New Mexico. From New Mexico. Seven years here in New York. I've been in the restaurant industry and the booze industry the entire time. Uh, worked at Momofuku's, Booker and Dax when I first got wow. here. I uh, bartended at Prime Meats. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. All right. Where we met. 
Yes, that's true. Yeah. That's where, oh, wow. Where it all came together. It's, so many great things happened, mm-hmm. happened there. And they still happen at that bar. It's just covered in marble now. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I've been actually uh, on the brand side for the last couple of years uh, mm-hmm. working with some uh, excellent gins. And I just started with, uh, with a new gin out of, out of Los Angeles. Which we are drinking right now. Mmm. Mm, uh, warm is. gin. Yeah, mmm. The best. <laughs> well, we're, we're, having, we're having a taste. I just wanted them to, to taste it. Yes. Uh, they hadn't had a chance yet. It's delicious. Uh, so, anyway. It's absolutely delicious. So, what do you like in gin? Like, what are the things that you look for in a gin? As opposed to some people are like, I like it fruity, I like it flaky. Dry, <laughs> sandy, warm. Are we still talking about gin? Yeah. Uh, so, per, for me personally, I love uh, classic gins. So, uh, for instance, I think you know, like the Holy Trinity are you know Plymouth, Beefeater, Tanqueray. I think those mm, are three excellent yeah, yeah. gins. And you know, for for instance, there are a lot of new Western style gins, new American style gins that have come out, and many of them are fantastic. There are a lot of great local gins. Wherever you're listening, there's probably an awesome gin uh, near you that you should uh, check out. But one thing that I am really excited about uh, with the gin that I'm working with now called Amass, uh, it, is, it does drink in a lot of ways like a classic dry gin. So that is something that I love, like citrus forward. Uh, there's some spice to it, a little earthiness. I'm getting a lot of that. It's, it says on the bottle, cardamom. And, <laughs> but yeah, I really it, did. Yeah. Well, and, and honestly, when I first tried it, you know, uh, the cardamom stood out to me, which is something that was familiar from Plymouth, so it made me mm. it made me happy. So I think there's, you know, if you like classic gins uh, like me, that's something to to try out. But those are the things that I look for in a gin, I guess. Or, yeah. You know, citrus, uh, definitely some pine from the juniper, and then spice. Yes. Ginger, spice. And a finely shaped, smooth, supple bottle. Oh, May yes. I say? <laughs> Very sleek. I do like your matte finish. <laughs> That's really nice, Robbie. Thank you for it's letting gorgeous. us. Thank you for letting us handle that. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yes. So you know, speaking of gin. Yes. Go ahead. Well, and overdoing it, right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't say that we have a, a few professional alcoholics in the room. We do. Also, we should mention that Preston Rasmussen, Breton's amazing, gorgeous, talented, beautiful ginger boyfriend, is also joining us mm-hmm. today. Preston, quick hello, please. Hello. Oh yeah. <laughs> is another as someone who. Uh, who loves a good beard as as I have on my you face? Do, I, I, like, I like to think it's a good beard. Oh, it's good. Uh, you have an excellent beard. It's called beard, the, red, sir. the red beard fallacy. Yeah, your Anybody beard. Take logic, is... you know, red beard fallacy. What does that mean? It's a, it's a, and if you ever took logic writing uh-huh. or a lo, lot, I don't know. Of course I, I did. Yeah. I anyway, let's, uh, I forgot. So let's continue. Let's move on. <laughs> so, Hey everybody, <laughs> uh, alcoholics and professional drinking. And for those of us, uh, what happens, Zara, what happens when you drink too much? Oh, man. Well, I, what doesn't happen when you drink too much? Maybe, should be more there's, <laughs> maybe there's circus animals, usually uh, some kind of midnight eating. A, a, all of a sudden, a jar of almond butter is gone. Perhaps uh, I should maybe. I call the next boyfriend or five. <laughs> maybe what happens the next day? You wake up, the, all those... A t- for me, with a hang a hangover. I'm asking and you. this is... Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. The hangover episode is upon us. That's right. It's not just a movie. It's a podcast episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God bless Bradley and, Cooper and his handsome face, huh? So, a hangover, everybody. Now, uh, what, what, uh, where, do I, where do I start? I don't know. Please okay, first, start when it's over. Well, <laughs> I'll, let's start from the beginning. What happens when you have alcohol, right? Uh, 
you drink alcohol, it's really fun, your inhibitions are lowered, uh, there's some brain receptors, what were they called again? My, got, love my notes. Gremlins. My notes, notes, anyway, uh, we lose inhibitions, things feel good, we're super focused on kind of nothing. <laughs> everything <laughs> is the best, everything is the most wonderful, we're high on life, it's fabulous. For most of us, some people get sick when they drink, for those of you out there, or just don't drink at all, and that's great too, but uh, you know, all these things, there's a price to pay for getting high. Mm-hmm. What goes up must come down. Yeah. Am I right, folks? And it gets worse to get older. What do you, as a hangover expert of sorts, what do you know about hangovers, Robbie Nelson? a professional well, bartender. <laughs> I, I would like to... I would like to say I'm an expert on on booze, but I I try not to be an expert on hangovers because of course we all drink responsibly. Oh, of course, yes. Uh, that we're is, all over twenty one. You know, yeah, yes. we're all over twenty one, and we would never uh, overdo it with alcohol. But you know, for that friend of yours who still hasn't gotten the message <laughs> that you know responsible drinking is is hip. Exactly, it sure hip. is. But, so, but what, uh, yeah. yeah, but what do we what are, what about that irresponsible friend? Yeah, yeah. well, what do they know? Uh, if they were me uh, several years ago, you know, oh, or a story. even after my birthday a few weeks back. <laughs> Happy birthday. You, thank you. Uh, you would probably, you know, wake up. Uh, there are many different symptoms that can go along with a hangover. Mm-hmm. That could be a headache. That could be uh, feeling feeling nauseous. That could be... Fear of impending doom. Well, <laughs> and, and, you know, that's that one's hard to separate from... The hangover and just the just waking up in New York City. Yeah. fear that right. we have every day. Is, is it hangover <laughs> or is it CNN? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God, New York Times alert. Uh, put it away. So, but you know, everyone, I'm sure many people listening to this have have experienced a hangover. Uh, you probably have your own uh, different things that happen to you. Maybe you just feel fatigued. Uh, maybe you, it's you know sometimes you get out of bed and you're feeling okay, and then a couple hours later. It sets in. It wham, wham. It hits you. Wham. You're doing oh. a wham. Second set of squats. <laughs> you hop off that treadmill and you just gotta run to the old bathroom. <laughs> it, it's happened to the best of us. Yeah, and me too. Uh, so, I think that you know, obviously, other than not drinking to excess, the night before, if you're trying to prevent those mm-hmm. uh, negative feelings, you can, you know. Start off by drinking some water. Yes. Uh, exactly. What's okay. that? What, where yeah. do you find water? <laughs> well, many bars will offer it to you. Uh, some of them even just give it to you without you asking. Get out of my face. I didn't ask for a glass of water. I asked for a cocktail. <laughs> Why would you give that to me? Sparkling still or what? Or tap? It, it, it does amaze me. Some, some old timers, when I was bartending, you, know, you would set down the menu in front of them. You would uh, set down a glass of water and they would just say, oh, no, I, I don't. I don't need the water. Yeah. And I, I don't would say, water. well, I, you don't have to drink it, but I'm just going to set this glass <laughs> here for you in case, you know, someone lights you on fire <laughs> while you're sitting here at the bar. You know water. what? I did I did that a few weeks ago. I, somebody gave me water. So I didn't want that. And I then, thought you were going to say something like that. And then two drinks later, I was like, can I, can I get that water back? I know. Yeah. They they don't like me anymore. I try to water myself pretty pretty good when I'm sitting at a bar because I the pains of hangovers as I get older they don't just last for like an hour or two they creep up like it started lasting for five hours then it would be seven p.m. then it was like nine p.m. I'd finally feel better and mm-hmm. now it's like two, two to day. three days later. Okay, well sorry since you said that first of all the what actually causes the hangover is what happens in our liver, right? So 
uh, congeners are what's in alcohol, congeners. Mm-hmm. And they're actually more, f- there are these substances, which is in alcohol, ethanol, uh, is more found in brown liquors and darker liquors, red wine. Oh, right? Really? So if you, yeah, that's why vodka, gin, white wine are supposedly supposed to be less hangover inducing. Uh, so when the alcohol is metabolized, right, it goes from your stomach, irritates it, causes inflammation, all the good things. Uh, that makes us happy. <laughs> Toast, cheers, um, shotsies. Uh, glutione is that glutione? Glutione is an enzyme. Glutione. Preston, how do we pronounce Glut- it? <laughs> Assistant. Glutathione. Anyways, the enzyme. So there's a limited amount of this enzyme that metabolizes uh, alcohols converted to acetaldehyde. Thank you. Oh. We got a brainiac. Oh, in the group. we got a we got a we got a one upper. What 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 happens after that? <laughs> Acetate. Okay. Anyway, so the whole point is there's a special enzyme and there's only so much of it, so we keep drinking and our poor little liver is like, wait, stop, Zara, don't, Zara, not one more martini. And I'm like, shut up, you bitch. And so I'll do yeah. what I want. <laughs> yeah. I get your liver. And then that's what happens. So all these toxins, toxins, you know. Uh, all your yoga teachers like get rid of the toxins like do a downward dog and it's cool <laughs> and so that's what happens that's when we get headaches blah 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 and then here we are talking about it terrible so. what else you know more some more things about hangovers too don't you well i wanted to i wanted to make a comment about the mm. idea of congeners mm. and the relative uh, ferocity of hangovers, oh, whether you're yes. drinking, you know, say a vodka Great or word. gin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody well, went to I, college. I, <laughs> Excuse uh, us. I read a book uh, <laughs> yeah. one time. And, I noticed that. Yeah. I looked it up on Instagram. But the reason that, you know, some people believe that, you know, those those darker spirits will give you more, uh, more of a hangover or at least a... I, I like to refer to my hangover sometimes as apocalyptic. Mm. Uh, you know, every, <laughs> yes, every couple years, yes. you just yeah. okay, you stumble into one of those. Uh, anyway, yeah. but I've heard uh, my congeners are something that's produced naturally in uh, fermentation, right? So mm. when the reason that, you know, say vodka or gin tend not to have any of those congeners is because we're using, in the production of gin, you're using alcohol that's already been distilled yes. many, 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 right. many, many times. It's very pure. Uh, and then in vodka, you're distilling it many, many, many times okay. uh, to strip those congeners, which also, if you're a whiskey lover or rum lover or tequila mezcal lover, like those congeners bring a lot of flavor. Uh, right. So do they bring a buzz? Well, they don't they don't bring the buzz necessarily. I mean, that's the ethyl yeah. alcohol, uh, the ethanol. But I'm just wondering why some people are like, oh, tequila buzz. Like, oh, like when I drink bourbon, I get pissed off and I start yeah. like hitting my, you know, my cat when sorry I, drink, I would never do that whenever i get <laughs> drink gin i get divorced it's so yeah, weird yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why i'm single yeah. so <laughs> drink lots of gin <laughs> no i people have always said like oh i can't i can't do i can't do gin or tequila or mm-hmm. yeah. bourbon because it has this effect on me i've like, never said that <laughs> i'm like yeah <laughs> i'm like sorry i'm like who are those people yeah <laughs> but i as as a bartender i I always thought that that was, you know, more of a myth that, right. you know, when people say, oh, mixing, if I, if I start drinking one thing, I have to stick with it. If I'm drinking white wine spritzers, I can't drink anything else. Right. You're like, no, you're not going to get a hangover from mixing different things. You're going to get a hangover because you drank too many things, which exactly. usually happens when you start having multiple different drinks. Exactly. I mean, 
Yeah, it's the kind of same thing about people saying like, oh, I'm gluten free. I'm, you know, I'm celiac. I mean, some people really are celiac, but I'm gluten free. Like every time I eat gluten, I get a stomachache. But, you know, it's so weird. Every time I eat gluten, I'm eating an entire pizza. Yeah, <laughs> I have three baskets of bread, two yeah. bagels for breakfast, a sandwich for lunch. And I'm and so bloated. Yeah. <laughs> a simple and yeah. a sensible dinner. And a sensible. <laughs> for Dexatron and no problem. Amazing. All right. So on that note, let's take a very quick commercial break and we'll come back. And I have a little story that I want to tell you uh, regarding can, hangovers. Cannot wait. I'm excited. Today's program was brought to you by Roth Cheese, a pioneer in the U.S. specialty cheese movement. Roth is in its 25th year of making specialty cheese in the rolling hills of southern Wisconsin. With strong Swiss heritage, Roth is best known for its award-winning alpine-style cheeses under the name Grand Cru. Fresh Wisconsin milk combined with expertise and affinage is how Roth creates high-quality, great-tasting cheese year after year. In 2016, hard work paid off when out of over 2,000 contenders, Roth Grand Cru Sirchois was named world champion at the World Cheese Championship. For more information, visit rothcheese.com. Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. My name is Dana Cowan, and I'm the host of Speaking Broadly here on HRN. Every week, I conduct intimate interviews with the brilliant, powerful women in the food world. We discuss their lives, their careers, and the ways in which they navigate the world at large. You can find Speaking Broadly wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. And we're back! Guys! That was amazing. I missed you terribly. I know it was very sad. We all uh, we all took our took oh, to our man. own corners and well, chugged hair, a little bit of gin. Hair of the dog, <laughs> as they call it. Oh my god! Good thing we have all these bitters and sodas flowing like wine up in this piece. Um, okay, guys. So listen, I want to talk a little bit about hangover cures, and I feel like one yes. kind of worldwide hangover cure. I shouldn't say worldwide, definitely countrywide, for sure, tri-state area-wide. An ivy bag blood transfusion? Uh, a millennial that <laughs> um, comes to your house and gives you their blood. A 22-year-old, <laughs> a handsome 22-year-old college uh, master, master's educated young man with blonde hair, Aryan race, that gives you his blood and you... <laughs> yes, oh, exactly. Perfect. That's usually what I do. Also, second to that is uh, bacon, egg, and cheese sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Who here doesn't think that a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich is the probably the most delicious and amazing thing you can do when you have a hangover? You know, I never I would say one. most. I you don't. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the downer and be like, well, I actually like wheatgrass shots and sushi. I never do that, but I do think of it a lot. You know, I have to kind of try to keep my figure. I usually just oh, I'll tell you what I do later. But right, anyway, right. <laughs> a lot of people like bacon, egg, and cheese sandwiches. First of all, I actually want to start with a little joke here about hangovers, like oh, as I do go. sometimes <laughs> on the show. Joke <laughs> time. I like my hangovers like 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 I like my men. Easy. And gone in the morning. But I'm bum ching. Okay, so guys, talking a little bit about the uh, old bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. Yeah, I want to hear about 1897 this. was the first mention of a breakfast sandwich in a cookbook, and it was written in a book by uh, Maud Cook. Her book was called Breakfast, Dinner, Supper, or What We Eat and How to Prepare It. And the first recipe... So controlling. Very controlling. Uh, <laughs> the first recipe was for an egg sandwich that was kind of like a Monte Cristo. It had kind of meat spread on it, and then it was soaked in egg and milk and pan fried. So it's not really your traditional... <laughs> Dust in a powder sugar. Exactly. Slathered in raspberry jam. <laughs> exactly. And then it was dunked in fryer. There was topped with onion rings and ketchup. No, I'm just kidding. So it was like a Monte Cristo. 
And in the early <laughs> 1800s, while the Industrial Revolution was going on, we found people in London on the side of the street making, uh, having like little bacon, egg, uh, I'm sorry, sausage, egg, and cheese carts. Mm, yeah, yeah. And they were called um, BAP sandwiches because the roll was called a BAP. And so these sandwiches, oh, right. what? No, it was like, what do you think that was named after a certain brand? A BAP was the bread. The bread was called BAP. Oh, okay. A BAP, BAP was bread. the bread, and the bread was called BAP. Say it, everybody. BAP, BAP, BAP. BAP, 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 BAP. So anyway, they made these BAP sandwiches. They were wrapped in wax paper, and people would get them on the way to their job site. And this is because with the Industrial Revolution, um, no one really had time anymore to kind of sit at home and have a leisurely breakfast on the farm because people were going out and, like, working job sites. So this is how it started, and the bread, or the BAP, could soak up all the sausage grease and egg yolk. Um, and then it made its way over to America, but we mm. replaced the sausage with, with bacon. With bacon, that's absolutely right, God right, folks. America, yeah. Now, the Beatles and Baps. You're, you guys are both gonna like this because you're from New Mexico, but you had some. You spent some time in Denver. You spent a year there one night. Yes, yes. Um, so the first bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich that we had, or egg sandwich, I should say, in America was called the Denver sandwich. Which later oh, became the Denver, Denver omelet, omelet. Yeah. which had ham and peppers. I was always wondering where that came from. Well, that's where it came from. And so some people say that um, they were making egg sandwiches because they would last longer and they would mix them with bacon or cheese and it would make the old egg taste not taste like funky old eggs. So that's why they started putting the peppers So they just covered up it. the salmon. <laughs> it was really just rotten eggs. With some salted. It was an amazing time to be alive. Yeah. Rotten eggs flowed like gin and wine. Go work in the mine for <laughs> 18 hours in the dark. And Take these rotten eggs with you and this, there's peppers and ham on it. Um, and then it was James Beard. Anyone ever heard of him? Mm, yeah. James Goodbeard. I've heard, I've heard of that guy. Yeah, he was a guy. He uh, said, though, that it wasn't necessarily because of that, and really the bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich was originated uh, on, in China, uh, and it was a way for them to eat egg foo young, but handheld. Oh, my God, I love egg foo young. I know. I've been obsessing over egg foo young. Can you tell us a little bit about what egg foo young is? It's kind of just an omelet that is cooked in a wok. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it's a, I don't know, a scramble, right? I never knew what it was as a kid, but I feel like it was one of those like stereotypes and of Chinese food and like you know Home Alone or I something. Follow- like, oh, who brought the egg foo young or whatever? There's a YouTube channel called Chinese Food Demystified. I <laughs> imagine that, but yeah. it's a, it's a cute, it's, a, it's a, an American man and a Chinese woman couple, and they talk about. Anyway, I watched the egg foo young video two days ago. That's amazing. But I put it on silent while I was listening to Prokofiev, so I didn't get the message. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course and I was you did. I was simultaneously drawing and petting my cat. Amazing. <laughs> um, okay, so a little bit more about this breakfast sandwich quickly, and then I want to hear all about our different hangover cures. Um, but it really started to explode, move up like 50, 60 years. We're talking the turn of the century when it comes to America. Then we're going up about 50 years, and it gets really popular because it's post World War II, and everyone's looking for a fast fix, for mm-hmm. fat, and fast food becomes really popular. Um, Jack in the Box in 1969 started serving up breakfast sandwiches on a muffin. And in 1971, an advertising executive named Herb Peterson invented what we now know to be called the Egg McMuffin by cooking eggs. He was looking for a way to make eggs Benedict that didn't have hollandaise that could be handheld. Um, And he started cooking eggs in a Teflon ring and then sold the recipe to uh, Ray Kroc. Ray Kroc? Roy Kroc? Yeah, Ray Kroc. Ray Kroc? Yeah, yeah. Ray Kroc? Yeah, yeah. A cox, it was a cock sandwich, and they served it <laughs> on a bun at McDonald's. You hear that, folks? Um, so, okay. yeah. So, then we sold, he sold to Ray Kroc, and they put it on the menu at all the McDonald's um, in the year 1972. 
Then moving up, I have one more fun fact about egg sandwiches. Um, has anyone ever heard of the Celtic boom years? I have not. Yeah, so the Celtic boom years. News to us. In Ireland, um, were like when Ireland kind of went through a prosperous uh, economic time in the like 1900s and 2000s, and they started building a ton of stuff. So with all this new construction, they started eating what they called the jumbo breakfast roll, and it was a half of a baguette. One person would eat this. Okay, a half of a baguette stuffed with fried or grilled sausage, bacon rashers, blood pudding, fried eggs, and smothered in ketchup. And Let's the, bring that back. I mean, right? At the height of its popularity, the sandwich was so ubiquitous that a song by Irish comedian Pat Short was uh, six weeks. It was at number one, and it knocked off Shakira's hips, don't lie. So, <laughs> yikes. The conclusion of my story is that bacon, egg, and cheese sandwiches are more popular than motherfucking Shakira. Than hips don't lie. Bacon and your, your hips won't lie after you eat a bacon, egg, and cheese because they have about I, 600 calories. I was yeah. just going to say that. They're hiding <laughs> <laughs> in folds of fat. Yeah, I know. Isn't that kind of like a fun little tale of the old BEC? The old Beck. We used to call it, we used to go get bacon, egg, and cheese all the time in the deli near my place uh, in Long Island when I was in high school. And we would always do bacon, egg, and cheese, SPK, salt, pepper, ketchup, and a fucking <laughs> hash brown, a fried ass hash brown Ooh. on the sandwich. Delicious. Yes. yes Does anyone want, do you imbibe in that? I I will. I will. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. What about you? Ketchup yeah, on the sure. sandwich? Absolutely. Yeah. Delicious. I, yeah. I'm from Wisconsin. We're, you know, we don't yeah. have very much. I dunk that shit in ketchup. And if you don't like that, don't call me. Um. So guys, on our chef recommends this week, can mm. we talk a little bit about ways to? Uh, we kind of touched on it before. We started with water, <clears throat> uh, ways not to get a hangover. Robbie, do you have any other suggestions on how to avoid getting a hangover for our chef recommends this week? Well, if you if you find yourself in, it, well, are we talking about avoiding a hangover straight up? So, well, I mean, yeah. If However, you're gonna drink, if you're gonna drink, gonna drink a lot, yeah, yeah. and you are, and then we, and we are drink yeah. some water. Uh, make sure you eat something. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times. Girl, please, I uh, agree. I forgot. My friends. Oh my god, or I forgot myself. to eat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> classic. And then you're like, oh god, it's midnight. Mm-hmm. I haven't uh, eaten more anything. More like 8 p.m. I'm like, whoa, like I'm fucked up. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, because asleep. you know alcohol absorbs mostly in your large intestine. Interesting. Uh, and the reason you know eating fatty foods is helpful if you're gonna have a big night. Uh, is because fat slows the release of food from your stomach Uh, through the pyloric sphincter into your large intestine. Did somebody say sphincter up in this piece? sure did. Our very own radio guest. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, Brenton, what are your recommendations for avoiding a hangover? Well, I have the approach of a wise old grandmother, and that is wine spritzers, folks. Okay, so when I opened up my restaurant in Denver... I was faced with the, as you know, as a former restaurant owner, faced with like my first couple months, I was like, this is all mine. And a no mm. boss will tell me not, yes. not to like have whatever I want it's when a, I want it. Like I was a banquet. My first, my, it was life was a banquet. I was like, I want that wine. I'm like, cool, grab it. And I was like, I'm grabbing. I was like, drink it. I was like, I can. Is Where's my manager? I'm like, between I, you and yourself? Yeah, like, I, hey, manager, guess what? Hey, what, Breton? I want this. I'm like, great, do it. And so anyway. I knew this was going to be a problem. And I was opening a business. So I was like, you can't Breton. Like, let's just be, let's be clear here. So I was like, why don't I just pour one? Like, I love wine, right? I love everything, but I really love to drink wine. So I thought, just pour a third of a glass of wine, make a classic spritzer, right? Mm-hmm. 
I ended up putting on the menu, and then I would have, so I was like, great, if I have eight spritzers, that's what, a third of a glass of wine, do the math, <laughs> do the math, folks. <laughs> hey, Siri, what's three glasses? <laughs> Perfect. That's like only, what, two, three, gla- th- three glasses of wine? It's 300 glasses. And I'm hydrating myself with delicious, I put an orange twist or a lemon twist in it, so I felt, and I felt like I was chugging. Yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh, and p- suddenly you realize you are, you have a little bit of a buzz, you're chatting, you're talking. And then the next day, I'm like, that's really weird. I'm, I had eight drinks. I'm like, no, you didn't. Whereas if you have eight yeah. martinis, you are screwed. For sure. So and what about what about you? Oh, Maron. You know what? I could say something, but I would be a real liar because I haven't figured it out. Because I'm the kind of person that will go into a night, and this is just truth, and I will say, you know what? Tonight, I'm just going to take it easy. And then <laughs> I just love to drink, and I have a high tolerance. Oh, responsibly, of course. Yes. And I am Always. over 21. High, f- high functioning. Always. <laughs> um, I love to just have fun, and I have a high tolerance, so I just will chug and chug. And I'll be like, you know what? Tomorrow's going to be different. So really, like, <laughs> I think a winning attitude uh, could potentially help. I haven't figured it out. Oh, the one thing I will say to maybe not get a hangover, but this is dangerous, so don't do this. I'm not recommending it. It's only what I've done. Do not recommend it. Drinking a bunch of water before bed and taking Advil before bed. But I know you're not supposed to necessarily well, mix. I was with reading it. this about taking an aspirin and smoking weed before bed too helps. I, smoking weed actually. I just watched. <laughs> I watched a YouTube video, so I knew it's true um, <laughs> from an unknown source. But apparently, weed does. There is something with the receptors yeah. and your pain receptors that actually, and it prevents you from vomiting, or maybe helps you it not helps to vomit. Which is, again, if you're going to be poisoned by alcohol, that's bad because your body should get that alcohol out. Of course. But if it's just general, then apparently, we, listen, I used to smoke a lot of weed as of uh, as of, as of forty eight hours ago, and I can tell you, Friends do I really? Get, I do get hungover sometimes, but I have a system. But we'll get the, we'll get to that in a second. What's your system though? Well, are we getting to our top? three? Okay, methods? we can do our top three. Yeah, 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 yeah. So our top three this week, Robbie, on the show, as you may know, we do our top three each week, and it's our top three this or that pertaining to the topic. So we we thought this week we would talk about our top three hangover go tos, our cures, our cures, right? That's like cool. the if you Google hangover Food, beverage, cure, whatever. Yeah, it's whatever you want. So I don't, do do you have your top three? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> He's uh, like, well, here it is in a book. <laughs> so. Right. Especially when I was uh, a little younger and uh, I was a competitive distance runner all through high school, mm, college, and, and afterwards. I know where we're going. And we didn't, we didn't party very much in college, but on the, uh, on the occasions that we did, and I woke up with a uh, pretty brutal hangover from having probably like three beers maybe because I was really? a serious lightweight. Whoa. I love our like, Big time. Oh, revelations. <laughs> Big time Robbie lightweight. was a loser. <laughs> was. I'm glad she, I feel so honored to use the past tense there. So one of the one of the things I found was oftentimes we would wake up Sunday morning to go for our long run, and that is uh, when we'd be hungover. And going for a run, uh, I found to be a really good way of of moving past that. However, Robbie, how old are you now? Uh, you don't have to. Say I am uh, thirty-three. I just okay, turned thirty-three. Okay, okay. Uh, you don't look a day over thirty-two. Just to, to I know I was gonna say Thank thirty-eight, but that's so weird. You look really good for your age. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, uh, going for a run was a great way to do it. Although I found you had to go a little bit longer mm-hmm. than than when you started to feel good. 
Right. Because otherwise you would just like supercharge your hangover. Right. uh, Which I have definitely experienced. Me too. Uh, There was a, there was a moment uh, when I lived, probably the first year that I lived in Brooklyn where woke up feeling terrible. Fortunately or unfortunately, it was a day off and I went for a run. I ate some food. Nothing was helping. I was just, I was. You were still hungover. I was still hungover and. Finally, sitting on the couch, wallowing in my own misery. You did a bump of cocaine. My, no. <laughs> oh, sorry. You uh, butt chugged my, my roommate. <laughs> Booty bump. Finally said, dude, just, there's a beer in the fridge. Just oh. go drink a beer. And I was like, no, that's giving up. Like, that's giving in to the... And and then I did, and I felt great. The hair, yeah. the hair of the dog so is the, a real thing. It yeah. is It is a real thing. My, my preferred... Uh, What's hangover your favorite, cure, yeah, what's your favorite uh, other than exercise, is uh, bitters and soda. Uh, okay, it's just a are. little touch of bitters, which has a little bit of alcohol in there. But I think the uh, also it's hydrating. You know, you get the mm-hmm. club soda, but it also kind of settles your stomach. So that for me is the way to go. If things are real hairy, uh, Alka Seltzer, and even which sometimes has aspirin, a yeah. bittered Alka Seltzer. Oh my God, you're crazy. You're a nut, Bratton. What about you? Okay, are, are, do you, are you sure? I kind of want to go. I, you want to okay. go last? Go ahead, go ahead. You want to go last or now? I want to go last because I, ha- I have a system. Okay, that's fine. So my number three thing also involves exercise. I used to be running much more, and since it's been the winter, I've been doing a stationary bike and pumping iron. And I've discovered mm-hmm. that what actually works for me is doing the stationary bike for like an hour because what actually hurts me when I run is that my head is flat. My brain is smacking around my Mm -hmm. head. And I usually, when my hangovers are not nausea based, they're majorly headache based and like sinus headache based. So I'm like, I'm running and I'm like, this is kind of making it worse because my head is like smushing and smashing. So doing the stationary bike really helps. Um, in terms of food things that I really like, I guess, I don't know. A big, big salad actually usually helps. Even though I'm talking like bacon, egg, and cheeses, like a big healthy salad, maybe some like like good protein really helps, an egg on top, and then something fatty in it too, maybe like, I don't know, a piece of like bread and butter. That's really real like mm-hmm. go-to healing. Or actually a good, delicious meze plate from the Bedouin tent on uh, Atlantic Avenue. Bedouin tent is a Middle Eastern wonderful. Delicious. It's, That's you know, kind you of. You got the baba goosh, the hummus, all yeah. that, right? And my number one, I know my parents are listening, so this is time for you guys to tune out. Yeah, and is tune up. If I take my vibrator and massage my face with it, <laughs> <laughs> which I have. Zara told me about this a few months ago, and Listen. I was like, Zara, no, don't tell. Me. She's like, no, I just vib- I put it on my face. I, I like, use no, my I'm- vibrator on my face more than any other place on my body. I'll just tell you right now. It is. I recommend <laughs> that everybody, male and female, get a vibrator for your face when you have a hangover because you just can massage so well in the sinuses and it really works so that's right call me i'm single again surprisingly <laughs> uh, and now uh, my vibrator will be maybe a little bit more useful for other places than my nose perfect so <laughs> let me tell <laughs> let me shift over to me um hi me hey you uh Okay, so first of all, I have to say, and I'm going to say this really quickly, I have three categories of hangovers. And uh, as you know, I'm the eldest, I'm the senior staff member here in this radio show, uh, entering at an age... How old are you? I'll be 42 in two months. (gasps) Uh, I'm a pro. 
Uh, I have started bartending. He looks amazing. I you started do. bartending when I was 18. I started drinking when I was 13. Being from Wisconsin, it was completely normal. My dad gave me my first beer when I was seven years old, when I was when I, I promised to finish my mathematics homework, and he let me have a whole Miller High Life. It's true. Bob, don't deny it. It's my dad. So category one hangover. Uh, that's just like I drank, and that's the kind of that's the kind of hangover where you wake up and you're like, <gasps> and you start giggling. You're kind of yeah. punchy, right? <laughs> yeah. But you're kind of like, I need a I need a back. I need a yeah. bacon egg and cheese sandwich. That's when you get your bacon and cheese sandwich. You, you get a kombucha or something, another yes. beverage, right? So you're, and then chug the coffee, folks. Oh yes, Co- chug the coffee. Now let's say, and again, my true hangover here. I guess if I would say like my top three is I get out. I live by right by a big set of stairs, and I run up. And down the stairs, yes, I vomited a couple times, not very many times, but to the point where I think I'm going to, and I bring lots and lots of water, coffee, water, chug, and then now, then we enter category two hangover, which is probably something like you might have after a wedding. Mm -hmm. You've had a lot of fun, but you're kind (laughs) of like surprised that you woke up, Uh, and that (laughs) would require maybe... Mm, that's when I'm going to really go for some fatty foods. Yeah. And the fatty foods and the eggs, right? So that's my number two cure. And then that's when, yes, the hair of the dog. And my number one hangover cure uh, is a good, if you can get to a sauna. Oh. And I mean like a... Yes, a, that is a, ru- a good cure. In New York, we're lucky to have the, we're lucky to have the Russian Turkish baths and those, that the hot rooms there, this isn't your gym sauna. This is like you go in... And your heart starts beating. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> and you plunge in the cold pool. And you pl- and you go back and forth, cold pool, and you just chug a gallon, two gallons of water. You will leave that place mm-hmm. with clear skin, a positive attitude on life, and zero hangover, and ready for your your three p.m. cocktail. And a Russian boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That is a really good cure. And that is Peter, an amazing cure. The Schwitz. So if you can, find, I mean, not every city has a Schwitz. You know what? Build yourself a. Why do you think the Russians build their saunas in the, their backyards? They, they were smart. Make your own Schwitz. What are we? What are we here for? We're not here to make a Schwitz for you. Okay, homemade Schwitz. Get a sheet. Get your get your space heater. <laughs> you don't need to go to. You don't need to pay anybody. Get all your pots out. Put them on the stove and boil them all at one time. Yeah. yeah put, put a sheet a over your head. Put a sheet and just sit there. Disclaimer: for an- We did not tell you to do this when you completely burn your house down well so that's it i hope yeah. we, i hope everybody learned something from this yeah i learned that um i am not <laughs> I embarrassed of telling the entire world about vibrating my face yeah oh who is that oh my god it's our it's our intervener <laughs> we're all what we're alcoholics <laughs> um, wait a minute preston you brought us all here for a reason to uh tell us that we need wait a second he's he's pulling out the banner why is our why all of our parents and grandma <laughs> wait a minute is that my high school math teacher god damn it why is my therapist inside the studio i will say that i think my worst hangovers lately are really coming from shitty white wine which i don't drink a lot of sw but yep. i do find that i want to be a little bit less snobby than I used to be and I used to be the kind of person where I would go somewhere and if there was like crappy wine I wouldn't drink it you know what I mean but now I'm just like well I don't want to be rude if I'm at an event or something where the wine is cruddy I'm just like I'll just play or a you know Bamantes or somewhere that doesn't have good wine I'll still just drink it that is the thing that is like really driving my brain to the brink of not wanting to be in Mm -hmm. my, my head anymore what about you guys anything specific you know I I am a, a little bit snobby at times, and 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 maybe it's not. I don't want to say it's just being snobby, but 
we living in New York and with our professions, you know, and friend groups, like I have many opportunities to have, have a drink when I want to. And I enjoy from, from 8am until, <laughs> until 4am. Well, yeah. I have, I have work to do, you know, yeah. uh, during the day sometimes, but for gin, know, yeah, for, for gin, <laughs> for a gin company. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I go to lots of events and, you know, maybe there's a special cocktail that they're serving and I will try it, but oftentimes I just don't finish, you know, mm-hmm. even, even when they're, even when they're free, like I'll just walk around, I'll have, you know, maybe a third of the drink and talk to people and say, Hey, and especially if it's a drink that I'm not really into, right. You know, I'll just, I'll just leave it. So what you're saying is if you get something that you don't necessarily want, don't feel, don't feel the guilt to like, to finish it. Exactly. The best, the best advice that my, uh, my best friend gave me when I literally first day in New York, especially working in the, in the industry was he came up to me. I was, he had just, I had just been cut from my first shift ever. I'd like flown in that day and gone straight to the bar Okay. and <laughs> worked a few hours training. And then he sat me down and said, okay, you're going to try some of the cocktails. You're going to try some of the food. And he said, you don't have to drink everything that's put in front of you. He was like, especially, God, nobody's ever told me, that especially before. right that's now, but also just in the future. And so anytime I go out with friends, especially who are not in the industry, I always tell them, you do not have to drink everything that's put in front of you because sometimes, you know, people are trying to be nice and they're hospitable. They'll give you a shot. And sometimes I don't want a shot. I rarely want a shot. Yeah. Uh, So, Uh, (laughs) you know, you're never going to offend anyone (laughs) by not finishing a drink, by declining a drink, by asking for a non-alcoholic beverage. Like, you know, we're all adults here. Yeah, yeah. That's very good advice. Right before we have to wrap up, but I think we should all say, where is your favorite place to tie one on? To maybe maybe drink to the point of having too much fun where you might get a hangover. Robbie? Oof. Well, I I mean, I guess it has to be it has to be Landa because Oh yeah. I just it's my home away from home. Yeah, that's a great place. Landa's a it's on Smith Street in in Cobble Hill, right? In Brooklyn. Yes. Between uh, Cobble well, Hill and Carroll Gardens. Carroll Gardens, yeah. Right on the Hill. Cusp there. In, yeah. in Brooklyn. It's great. It's in Brooklyn. It's a wonderful place. Big ups. Bren, uh, Brendan, everybody should know Bran, this. Brian. My, my <laughs> Brian, Bra- Brandon. <laughs> Whoever you are. Breton. Joe. Uh Joe. Uh my favorite place, which I have tried and true. Tried and true is Brooklyn Social. Yeah, oh, with fantastic. no other than Marty. My, Marty, my bartender, who has provided me with so many uh, brain cell loss losses. I'm on the same exact Listen. page as you. I will second that, and I will see you there later. And uh, before we get out of here, I want to give a one big shout out. Yeah. Um, to industry friend, wonderful person Andrew Tarlow. Um, I recently went back to Marlow and Sons to eat up for a long time. I've probably eaten there like 500 times in my life. I put a wing on that place. I was there the other day and the server's like, is this your first time here? And I laughed right in her face. <laughs> um, but I just want to say that I haven't been there in a while and we ate there the other night and the food was so, so delicious that it deserves a special shout out. Everybody out there, if you have never been to Marlow and Sons or maybe it's been a while, they have a cool new menu. It's kind of Japanese-y. This is not a paid plug. This is just a kindness of the heart plug because it is really good and it deserves lots of credit and everyone should check it out. And my friend Wonderful. cooks that food and he's really? awesome. Patch? Yeah, Patch. Right? Yeah, I don't know great. him, but I, I know of him. And it was, have you been recently? No, I... We gotta go. Yeah. We'll get a hangover. I saw him the other day and I was like, Patch, I need to come eat your food. Oh, it's good. It was yeah. the, I had the best steak tartare of my life. 
Anyway. Sounds fabulous. This was really fun. Robbie, thank you for joining us. You're such a such a peach. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having yeah, me. Thanks for the gin. Yeah, thank you. Anytime. Um, Breton, I love you. I feel like we've all gotten some hangovers together in this I'm time. Gonna, I'm going I'm to get a hangover. That's what I'm, I'm going to do get, tonight. I'm going to get a hangover, too. Perfect. Okay, great. <laughs> call you at, call at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Preston, <laughs> we love you as well. You're mm-hmm. handsome. It's been very distracting looking at you this whole time. You're beautiful. <laughs> Preston is an amazing hairdresser. If anyone wants the most wonderful haircut they'll ever get, please DM us for Preston's contact info. <laughs> Thank you. Robbie, anything you want to plug before we go? Um, actually, uh, I just thought of it while please. you were saying that earlier. So uh, a friend of mine and uh, industry... Uh, great and bartender, a uh, gentleman by the name of Chris Reed, mm-hmm. uh, is actually they're throwing a little fundraiser for him because he sadly uh, was diagnosed with ALS recently. Oh, uh, and so they're trying to raise a lot of money for him. So tomorrow night, uh, well, actually, I guess this will be, uh, it'll already have happened, but there's a GoFundMe for him. Uh, you can search for Chris Reed. It's R-E-E-D. Uh, he bartends at Bargoto, and he's not really going to be able to bartend anymore. Okay. So oh, wow. please, you know, if you if you've ever been to Bargoto or used to work at the Flatiron Lounge, or if you just want to support a great guy, uh, I would recommend you look up that GoFundMe and uh, give him some love. Absolutely, cool. thank you. So definitely, please do that. It's important that we all have to help each other in this industry and this life. Um, guys, this was a great episode. Love you both, Preston. Also love you, and uh, this was so much fun. All right, hasta la pasta. Ciao. in. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without the support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.